Hello, everybody. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is uh, episode 149 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And today, I thought we'd take a look at a deep dive into the Alexion Pharmaceuticals FCPA settlement with the SEC uh, for $21 million. Um, before we get started, uh, let's start with our word from our sponsor, Steel Compliance Solutions. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, Investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's Compliance Solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Well, the Alexion case, while it only involves a $21 million settlement just with the SEC for FCPA violations, uh, it's an interesting case. Um, And there are a lot of lessons learned from this, and we'll go through this. Um, And it also shows that the SEC is still continuing with enforcement actions, notwithstanding the pandemic and remote uh, working arrangements that the uh, government prosecutors are you know, the conditions that they're working on. So let's talk about uh, Alexion. They're a global pharmaceutical company, and um, they primarily uh, treat, uh, develop treatments and drugs for ultra-rare, ultra-rare diseases. I'm not going to even try to tell you. Uh, PNH is one. I'm not going to even try to uh, pronounce it, but it causes red, red blood cells to split apart. And uh, AHUS, which reduces red blood cell count and causes kidney dysfunction. But note that they're, the important part here is that they're for rare diseases. And Alexion engaged in bribery in Turkey and Russia and then had also accounting violations in Brazil and Colombia. And most of the violations revolved around its primary drug, Solaris. Um, and from its uh, bribery scheme, Alexion earned a total of about $14 million in unjust profits. So let's start first with Turkey. From 2010 to 2015, Alexion's uh, subsidiary in Turkey 
uh, paid foreign officials there uh, involved in the Ministry of Health uh, for favorable regulatory treatment and to approve prescriptions for patients. In other words, uh, before they can use a drug that's so expensive for a patient, there's a review process and an approval process. Alexion learned quickly after it entered the market that it had to pay bribes to government officials to increase patient approvals. And to assist with this process, they hired a consultant, primarily because of the consultant's connections to top Turkey Ministry of Health officials. And during the time period of 2010 to 2015, they paid the consultant over $1.3 million, consisting of consulting fees and purported expense reimbursements. Uh, the consultant used a portion of these funds to provide uh, government officials with cash, meals, and gifts to secure the favorable treatment for Solaris. Alexion increased the number of patient approvals this way and gained access to confidential information and advance feedback on regulatory submissions. Now the payments to the consultant were disguised uh, and they even went to another step by asking a third party vendor to pay the consultant and then provide false invoices for reimbursement to Alexion. So there was like two layers of uh, this uh, sort of bribery scheme in terms of the financial transactions. Further, an Alexian Turkey manager directed that the description of the consultant's claimed expenses should be written in pencil. I always like this fact. Should be written in pencil so that they could change uh, or conceal the expenses. Uh, not in addition to all of this, these problems, the consultant provided insufficient documentation of expenses or services. Uh, and for most of the time, the consultant just provided little to no explanation for many expenses and just included vague descriptions such as other expenses. In some cases, the consultant listed the first name of the government official on specific, offense report, uh, specific expense reports or notes attached thereto. In addition to the consultant payments, Alexion managers paid over $100,000 to healthcare professionals serving on Ministry of Health commissions. The HCPs were responsible for approving or denying patient prescriptions for Solaris and were key influencers on regulatory matters such as treatment guidelines and reimbursement uh, uh, guidelines. These payments were inaccurately reported as honoraria and grants in Alexion's books. Uh, now, in Russia, uh, which is another country I mentioned in the, with some extensive bribery activity. From 2011 to 2015, Alexion's subsidiary in Russia made payments to foreign officials to influence the allocation of regional health care budgets for Solaris to increase the number of Solaris prescriptions and favorably influence treatment overall of Solaris. Alexion entered the Russian market in 2012, and they sold through a national payment system uh, patient system. Uh, so again, uh, there had to be patient approvals and was reimbursed through regional healthcare spending. Alexion paid HCPs in Russia who were employed at government institutions for services, including research, consulting on specific topics, and hosting educational events. Some of the HCPs served at regional and federal positions in the Russian healthcare system. These HCPs provided expert opinions to government decision makers concerning the allocation of regional healthcare budgets and regulatory treatment of Solaris. 
From 2011 to 2015, Alexion paid over $1 million to these uh, HCPs, which included funds to ensure that the HCPs took positions favorable to Alexion in connection with regional budget allocations to increase prescriptions and to favorably influence the regulatory treatment of Solaris. These payments, again, were recorded inaccurately in the books and records as honoraria, education expenses, business meeting expenses, and scientific research. Let's go through some of the examples because I think these are important examples to consider. In 2011 and 2012, Alexion targeted Physician A because Physician A was the chair of the committee that prepared recommendations on allocation of rare disease funds in one region of Russia, and because Physician A was assigned to propose medical standards to diagnose and treat the, the relevant disease, PNH. Alexion made honoraria and research pay, payments to Physician A in significant part to influence the regional budget in favor of Solaris. Physician A provided Alexion with a copy of draft diagnostic standards in advance and solicit its comments on the standards. Physician A was paid over $100,000 from 2012 to 2015, and Solaris eventually was awarded 52% of the regional healthcare budget in Physician A's region in 2013. Another example from 2011 to 2015, Alexion paid physicians B and C for the institution that employed physician C. Uh, physicians B and C were geneticists and chief advisors to the Ministry of Health. Physician B was responsible for developing and submitting a list of rare diseases to the Ministry of Health, and Physician C was responsible for advising the Ministry of Health on Alexion's application to include Solaris on an approved list of drugs to treat certain diseases. Alexion paid both physicians in significant part to influence them in favor of Solaris. For example, Alexion began paying Physician C and C's organization after learning that C was assigned responsibility for advising the Ministry of Health regarding Solaris. An internal document stated that Alexion hoped to, quote, receive support to include ultra-rare diseases treated by Alexion drugs in all possible lists, close quote. After making the payments to Physician C and his organization, an Alexion employee stated that Physician C cooperated, in quotes, with Alexion Russia on, on the, quote, programs within C's influence on regions in terms of standards and funding through Physician C's specialized committee, close quote. Now let's turn to Brazil and Colombia because I think uh, these were books and records violations, not necessarily bribery. From 2013 to 2015, for example, Alexion Brazil and Colombia directed third parties to create inaccurate financial reports concerning payments to third parties, including patient advocacy organizations, PAOs. For example, in 2013 and 2014, an Alexion Brazil manager caused a PAO to pay for the manager's personal expenses for alcohol and personal travel and to submit a fictitious invoice, which was reimbursed by Alexion Brazil. In 2014 and 2015, the same manager and an employee in Brazil submitted grant requests to Alexion's Global Grant Review Committee that misstated how the requested funds would be allocated to the different activities covered in the grant request. 
On one occasion in 2014, in order to provide funds to a PAO, an Alexion Columbia senior manager directed a PAO to submit an invoice that falsely described that the funds would be used for quote-unquote legal support services. This inaccurate invoice allowed Alexion Columbia to approve the payment locally instead of obtaining approval for the payment through the global grant process as required by Alexion's policies. So they were circumventing their internal controls and policies. Further, Alexion Brazil and Colombia failed to maintain adequate books and records of certain of its financial transactions involving payments to third parties. Notably, both subsidiaries failed to maintain certain documents underlying a substantial number of financial transactions. Additionally, Alexion was cited because some of its employees in Brazil destroyed documents after an internal investigation was initiated. In any event, a pretty comprehensive uh, set of uh, violations, two countries involving straight bribery, two other countries involving uh, inaccurate controls and financial recording of expenditures and basically false books and records. So let's take a minute and sort of talk about what are the lessons learned here. And obviously, Alexion represents another in the long line of enforcement actions against drug and device companies. Uh, and there's a reason that these industries have been and will continue to be easy marks for prosecutors to investigate and prosecute for bribery. And there are a number of reasons for that. Let's start. First, global drug and device companies depend on interactions with foreign healthcare professionals. The law is well established that healthcare professionals are foreign officials under the FCPA. And when I say healthcare professionals, I mean for uh, government own. As a result, drug and device companies face extraordinary risks in dealing with HCPs in foreign countries. Second, foreign physicians are usually underpaid in comparison to private healthcare professionals and thereby, quote unquote, expect and demand additional compensation for their services. Foreign HCPs also demand sponsorships for foreign medical events. Global drug and device companies are subjected to demands for such sponsorships and other payments. Drug and device companies have to reinforce a culture of ethics and make it clear that the company will not pay HCPs in response to demands for sponsorships to medical conferences or other types of benefits. Third, drug and device companies have legitimate reasons to engage HCPs for research, consulting, and educational purposes. And it, it is because of that reason it's difficult to distinguish and uh, they get entwined these illegitimate and legitimate purposes. And you've got to be careful here. There are a number of positive and beneficial services that HCPs can provide to eventually promote drug and device products by educating other HCPs about the use of certain drugs and devices and enhancing the quality of care for patients in foreign countries through educational services. So in this context, considering this sort of set of risks and the, the, the industry sort of profile, risk profile, the Alexion enforcement case underscores some important lessons. One obviously is uh, HCP interactions. Companies have to design and implement a robust policy and related controls governing interactions with HCPs. Such a strategy has to incorporate more than just a policy statement which is reinforced by senior leadership. 
To ensure compliance, companies have to assign compliance resources, build procedures for review, approval, and monitoring protocols. HCP controls are an important aspect of this. For each category of interactions, whether it's marketing, research, educational, regulatory, or sponsorships, companies have to design and implement specific controls. For example, if the company intends to sponsor an HCP to attend a medical conference, there has to be a legitimate reason for the HCP to attend in connection with an existing relationship with the HCP who may be consulting, providing educational services or research. So what do I mean by that? If the HCP, for example, is gonna talk or speak about his or her work for the company at the medical conference, uh, this may fall within the legitimate side of the sponsorship spectrum. On the other hand, if the company is seeking to ingratiate itself with the HCP to induce the HCP to increase, increase prescriptions for the company, then simply paying for the sponsorship for some flimsy reason like that would not pass the test. To ensure compliance with an HCP sponsorship program, any request for sponsorship has to be carefully scrutinized, preferably by an internal committee established to review such requests in accordance with detailed controls and standards. Another important point here is monitoring. An ongoing monitoring system for HCP interactions is the new and cutting edge area for compliance programs. In this respect, a proactive approach to monitoring HCP interactions through regular reporting, review of expense reports, and related financial controls and documentations is imperative. A robust monitoring program is critical because of the need to distinguish and confirm legitimate expenditures, such as consulting services, documentation, and reports. Drug and device companies are behind the curve on proactive programs. They need to assign resources, monitor interactions, and of course focus on financial expenditures used for illegitimate purposes. Mm -hmm. And in this respect, a particular lesson learned and a particular point from the SEC is invoice and service confirmation. The SEC's focus on invoice to payment processes requires drug and device companies to scrutinize payments to HCPs and use of third parties who often assist in promoting drug and device products. To ensure appropriate review of invoices, companies have to include contractual provisions in HCP engagements or third-party relationships that condition payments on adequate documentation and justification of the services provided. Otherwise, HCP payments may be improper and third parties could be used to funnel illegal payments. The same goes with regard to policies, internal policies with regard to expense reports or expense or reimbursement re, uh, uh, requests. There again has to be a careful review and approval of those types of expenditures because we've seen that abused as well as a source of money for bribery to uh, healthcare professionals. Well, that's a quick look at uh, Alexion, an interesting case, some good lessons learned there. Uh, some ideas in terms of promoting proactive approaches, which means uh, monitoring, auditing, uh, sampling, and uh, seeing where your money is going and that there's adequate documentation for the money uh, in the expenditures that are made.
Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com. Just the way it is That's just the way